Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hello. episode... 7,420. Episode 8. Episode 8. You're loving this. I do. Episode 8 of 10 Reasons Why. Yep. And today we're talking about money. Money, money, money. Yes. It's a big deal, isn't it? It's a big deal. It's a big deal in our house at the minute because um, the kids have realised we've been reading their piggy banks recently. A bad moment the other day <laughs> because it turned out on the same day I had taken some money for... Window cleaner normally? No, it wasn't actually. It Milk. was... Um, Hope needed something from the shops for a friend. Oh, wow. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so she needed, she needed some money to go and buy a card for a friend, <clears> and so I ran upstairs and grabbed because I had no no change. So I grabbed a ten pound note, and then she said, "Oh, mommy, can I get some sweeties?" And oh, you know, normally like when they get some money, they want to then spend the whole lot. And I went, "Yeah, you can spend whatever you like, bet, because it's your money." <laughs> and she wasn't very happy. But, but yeah, but then you had to confess that you'd borrowed. I need to get my hair cut. And so parents, if you, every parent knows this, don't you? If you've no cash, you always raise, raise the kids' money. But then our kids are like, um, you know, central bankers. They they know, like Sophie knows every single penny. And she knows how many pound coins, how many 50p's. She knows the year of the pound coins. <laughs> yes. And uh, the distinct markings of them. So you get away with nothing. But I did feel a bit guilty. At some point, we just need to write them a check and go look. <laughs> You know I mean? you. It's yes. probably roughly a hundred quid. There you go, and uh, write a check. Who does that anymore? But um, it's funny. But it's a massive issue. And again, we're we're looking at the in ten reasons why about the intersection of faith and stuff that bothers people in real life. Because un- undoubtedly, we, we talked about health or yes. and well being last week, and today, like I I think this is one of the biggest. And so in this like next half hour, what we want to do is just kind of try to get to the like the very beginning of where you could have faith for provision of money yeah. as a believer because you know undoubtedly what the biggest issue of stress in people's lives today outside of health is money and uh, i i it's und, it's undoubted i think that there's a guy called robert allen wrote a book he writes financial books and he said uh, i'm quoting from him money is one of the most important subjects of your entire life some of life's greatest enjoyments and most of life's greatest disappointments stem from your decisions about money whether you experience great peace of mind or constant anxiety will depend on getting your finances under control and it's in, it's interesting that is a truth whether you're a believer or not and again it's a, a wee bit like health money is one of the issues that the church is really churlish about i think i don't think we're it's almost like it's a dirty subject and again there's distortions around money mm-hmm. um typically what people say is health and wealth and so and then there's we're embarrassed about money it's like one of those things you don't talk about um there needs to be answers in scripture around this because I, I think Robert Allen's right. It, most of life's big difficulties stem yeah. from finance yeah. and from money. And can you believe, is it okay to believe that God's got your back? In fact, not just got your back, but God wants to pour blessing. And that includes practical, physical, financial blessing into your, your life. life. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know um, it's something that we've sort of walked through and journeyed on and um, had to really go to the word to find out, you know, what is your heart in this, Lord? And I think um, for me, it's about generosity. It's yeah. the, the fact that God's a generous God. Yeah. And we can reflect the heart of God when we're generous. And there can be people with lots of money who are not generous and people with very little money who are generous. But yeah. I think the Lord, um, you know, he 
he wants to prosper us so that we are blessed but can be a blessing because that's part of who he is. And so for me, um, some people think prosperity is all just about being selfish and getting your needs met. But actually for me, it's about you know, receiving from God so that you not only can live a life of choices and freedom, but also you can share what you have with others and um, that, yeah, you can you can be an example and you can be a blessing. And it, I mean, it must be important because Jesus actually talked about it a lot. You know, so when you're saying, you know, the church at times can be a bit churlish and people don't really want to talk about money. Actually, that was something that Jesus spoke about a lot and research that you were doing Andrew was you know a sixth of the gospels um is dedicated to the, the theme of money a third is it a third of the parables a third of the parables talk yeah. about stewardship so it was something that Jesus wanted us to get our heads around and particularly when you see the if what the effect it can have on people when they don't have money or yeah. when people are living in lack um, and Jesus wasn't a fundraiser, right? Yeah. He, he didn't talk about it a lot because he was trying to yes, you know, yes. get, a new, get, get yes. a new tour bus for him uh-huh. and the disciples. Uh-huh. Like, he wasn't about that. You know, uh-huh. he talked about money because money matters, yeah. didn't he? And also because he didn't want us to carry the weight and burden because he sees um, the effect that it can have on people. You know, so much, I think, some of the research you're doing around it's like the number one cause of divorce yeah. is tension and strife over, over, money. over money. So. That's not, the Lord didn't design us to, to carry that weight, to carry that burden on our own. He actually wants us to come to him yeah. and understand his heart and um, to do things his way because that's the way it's going to work. Yeah, e- even like um, not just divorce rates, but like physical and mental um, sickness. You know, when we're stressed, when we're not at ease in, yeah. in our bodies because we're worried and we're anxious about about money and finances, it has like really profound um, physical implications for people um, in their bodies, you know, lots of stress and anxiety and sicknesses and conditions all rooted in money. It, it, it's a biggie. And I think even from a heart point of view, mm-hmm. you know, I think Jesus talked about it a lot because it was a huge indicator of what's actually going on in your heart. Yeah. It, it wasn't about the money, stupid. I think, you know, if you were to mm-hmm. say it that way, mm-hmm. you know, the issue is not the issue. The issue is something else. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it, Yes, because it's one thing to say, I really trust you, Lord. But then that's often can be shown in how in what our actions are. Yeah. And so then when it comes to money, that's where we can really see how much we're trusting in God and whether we are, you know, able to put our trust in him and do things his way or whether we want to just take care of things ourselves. Yeah. And that's interesting from a grace point of view, isn't it? Because you kind of go like you can't really say, Lord, I, tr- I trust you, Lord. I trust you with my whole life apart from my money apart from a provision, apart from a future, I'll actually take the responsibility for that on myself. You know, we, we talk all the time about about the grace of God and how, you know, the, the, the Bible's clear that you receive grace upon grace and you can't earn it. And actually, when you try to earn that which yeah. God has already freely provided, you nullify grace, actually, is what the word says. So you, you, you fall from grace. Mm-hmm. Falling from grace is not about mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. It's a, or getting something wrong it's about coming out of that place of favor and back into self-effort and um, self-reliance and that's just that's a backbreaker particularly in a world which economically is all over the place cost of living you know prices inflation future jobs it's like I don't want to be the guy having to navigate that for you and me and our kids because it doesn't matter how resourceful I am I'd rather live supernaturally blessed yeah you know and 
allow God to let, take that burden. That's what he says he does, you know. And so I think that's probably why Jesus spoke about it so much. Yeah. It, it was to lift a burden rather than create a burden. Absolutely. I think so many people are looking for financial security, aren't they? People yeah. want to feel secure. and um, But actually God wants to bring us financial freedom. Yeah. So actually, you know, I love the... Um, is it in Genesis 39? I can't remember the exact reference where it talks about Joseph was a, was a prosperous man and that was when he was standing naked um, as a slave. But it's that prosperity mindset that, you yeah. know, actually when the Lord is with you, he is the one who's going to provide for you. He's, gonna, he's the one who's going to take care of you and it doesn't actually matter what it looks like on the inside well, on the outside because it's if you can see it on the inside and believe that, you're total, that God is your source yeah. and that he is going to, you know, create the environment where you're going to prosper, then that's freedom. Yeah. Because then you're not worrying about the stock market. You're not worrying, you know, we've chatted with people who are very wealthy and we've chatted with people who've grown up with wealthy people. And it's, um, I remember somebody saying to us that the people who are most anxious about money are some of the, the wealthiest people that mm-hmm. they know yeah. because it's that sense of, you know, what will happen to it or, you know, it's, there's no such thing as financial freedom outside of, of God. There's no such thing as financial security. I'd yeah. say yeah, if we want to have freedom, then it's because we've let go of yeah. that responsibility and we're trusting him. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, like, I, I bet you there's people listening to this, you know, when, when the world says, I, I love that point, the world says financial security, the Lord says financial freedom, because <laughs> it does, money Money can own even the richest people. I was, um you know, I was I heard someone recently say something to me, and th- this person I think has has some money, and they said money is so overrated. You know, it's so overrated in terms of you know probably life and purpose and everything else. And it's not to say it's not important, but it's it's com- completely overrated. I bet I bet there's people even thinking here, like you've said about prosperity. I bet you that word scares the life out of people. You know, it, it's like as soon as you hear prosperity, you hear some kind of silver suited bouffant hair <laughs> you know american televangelist you know trying to sell you blessing right and and prosperity even like god uses the word prosperity yeah. it's in the bible he delights in the prosperity of his servants right he de- god loves us to prosper but th- it's become so distorted mm-hmm. that prosperity is actually a dirty word in the church to me that's bonkers yeah. I think I think we need to reclaim that. I think we need to reclaim the whole notion of what it means to be blessed in order to be a blessing for people. Yeah. Not ble- the world is blessed for your own sake. Mega rich get philanthropic about it and want to have legacy, but I think the church mm-hmm. needs to capture again. You know, it's really hard to bless someone if you don't have anything. Yeah. You know, I'm really hungry. Well, God bless you. Wasn't it Tear Funder years ago said, you know, man cannot live by bread alone, but neither can he eat prayer. Yes, you know, and and I kind of go. I get that. There's a practical. It's practical. There's yeah. a kingdom bit mm-hmm. of this which is super practical, and it requires means to do it. Yeah, you know, churches need money to operate. You know, we need money to bless people, and we want to supernaturally believe that that's God's provision, mm-hmm. and so that we can flow in it. Anyway, I mean, we'll t- we'll come to talk about that, but I suppose I suppose if we get to the the root of it. Yeah. Well, even in terms of the word provision, because I know that's something that we sort of talked about and you know through studying the bible i mean where, where does that word even first where, where do we first find um god revealing himself as a provider well it's, it's, it's a brilliant story um and it's like i suppose what we've been saying week after week here is get get to the word open the word whatever you think whatever 
on any particular day, whatever your friends think, whatever your Aunt Aggie thinks, or whatever your pastor thinks, there's going to be good truth in, in all of that, right? But you got to get the word for yourself. And um, and I, th- I think what's interesting around this is there's a beautiful picture of grace that is buried right in the Old Testament, and it's all about provision. Now, um, let me explain it. It's in Genesis in 22. And so this is where you have this idea that somehow, like, the new, it's only a New Testament thing, and, you know, new people trying to distort what God's like. Back in Genesis 22, there's a story, and it's the story of Abraham, and he's commanded by God to take his son Isaac to Mount Moriah. Now, those of you who know the Bible will know that Mount Moriah is is actually Calvary. And so what happens is Abraham has to take Isaac to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him. Now, remember, Isaac's the son of promise. He's a miraculous gift from God. He was part of the promise that God had given to, to Abraham and to Sarah that when they were dead old, I mean, obviously, you know, they were laid on in years when they have him so this is crazy so you have like the promised child of god and he he was promised that he would be made into a great nation so he's god's provision right and it it seemed so until they have to lay him on an altar and offer him as a sacrifice now this is the good bit so like right at the very beginning um they're, they're going up the hill and abraham and isaac are talking to each other and the son is bearing the wood picture the cross and the father you know has everything else he has the knife and you know isaac clearly twigs on and goes what are we sacrificing exactly because there's you. there's you and me and there ain't nothing you've else got the knife I've all right yes. i've got the wood you've got the knife this is not looking like i thought it would look like right and he says he essentially goes dad where's the lamb and abraham steadies his voice and he says my son God will provide himself a lamb. And then you know the story. Um, there's a lamb in the thicket, you know, at the point where, you know, he doesn't sacrifice Isaac. God provides for him. And that place, this is the first time you ever hear the word provision mm-hmm. in the Bible. It's in Genesis twenty-two fourteen, And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Now, so what, what does that actually mean? If you're listening to me and Penny right now, that is a picture of Jesus, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's a picture of provision. And what we've got to do is we've got to stop zoning in and becoming really fixated on the small things. Like last week when we talked about, you know, don't chase the healer, chase, don't chase the healing, chase the healer. Mm-hmm. Get that the right way around. Okay, it's like, again, the picture here is that for every area of your life the deepest area of your life on this mount on the place where jesus would be sacrificed and would become a sacrifice for you the lord provided in that place everything for you he Mm -hmm. even went to your sin he went to the deepest part of you and he provided a way for you to be completely completely transformed and made new so his provision we 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 get locked into, will he provide or will he not? And the Lord goes, lift your head up and see what I provide. I'm a provider. I'm a provider. I am a pro- yeah, it's who I di- am. Yes, so see your yes. money. That's why Jesus would go, your money's the least. Yes. He actually, Jesus described money as the least. He went, what are you worrying about the least for? Consider the birds of the field or yeah. the birds in the air, yeah. right? They don't give a monkeys about whether what they come they? or go because they're provided for. It's because in his nature, it's Jehovah Jireh. Yes, right. This is who I am. This is who I am. I can't I tell, be anything. Can I tell my old joke? Jehovah Jireh. 
Yeah. I, th- I just, do you know, I still find that funny. I don't care what anyone thinks. <laughs> Jehovah Jaro, the Lord will provide. If you can, get, if you chuckle there, you know what I'm talking about. But it's, it's this sense of that's the first time the nature of God is revealed in His name and its provider. So hard baked into the nature of God is provision, mm-hmm. and you know the provision that He made was not just enough. It was overflowing, overcoming, overcompensating provision. Mm -hmm. It was fullness in every way. Every bit of your life was provided for in the sacrifice of Jesus. And this is what Abraham is, and this thing of Isaac on Mount Moriah is foreshadowing. And so I kind of go, that's, that's at the root of it. If you ever doubt, if you ever go, like, Lord, can I really believe that you would look after this bit of financial provision for me? I kind of go, you can ask that question, and the Lord's good, but the bigger question is, have you provided it all for me? Yeah. Like, what kind of provider are you? And he'll go, money? Yes. Here, that's just a little son. bit. Let yes. me sh- you got everything. everything. Yes. You got my very son. Yeah. And on that place, and what's interesting, just the last point on this, it says, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Do you know what, do you know what that picture is? That picture is on the sacrifice of Jesus, mm-hmm. foreshadowed there, mm-hmm. on his sacrifice, everything would be provided. Mm-hmm. Not by the sweat of your brow, that was the law. Not yeah. by the work of your hand, that was the law. Even the, even the very priests in the temple foreshadowed that they were dressed in linen, linen so they wouldn't they sweat wouldn't from sweat, their work. Yes. It would no be the effort. Lord's work. It was yes. no effort, yeah. right? The work that we do is as a response to what the Lord has already provided for yeah. us. And so... We're trying to earn it. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. We need a big revelation of God's grace in the area of money because if not, your back will be broken because from the very beginning... He said, I'm your provider. Mm-hmm. It's my name and it's my nature. And mm-hmm. I will, like I say in church all the time, don't I? We, we act always inconsistently. Yeah. He never does. Mm-hmm. So whatever his name is, revealing his nature, that's what he will always do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's a helpful thing to think about, mm-hmm. to go, don't put your focus on the next bill, put your focus on the one who's already provided it. Mm-hmm. So what do you do, though? I mean... Like, you know, how do you encourage your heart in this area? Because, you know, particularly starting a church and stuff, we didn't have any money. And uh, we went through some <laughs> interesting times, didn't we? Yeah, and I, and I think as well, it, it is a journey. Because um, I think at, at times when things were tight for us, there was times I know I slipped into a bit of a poverty mindset. Yeah. At times there was um, let fear come he, in he gives and takes away and all that yeah or or just or thought i needed it to try harder or work harder or you know um was god happy with what we were doing i mean i think for anybody in any of these issues it's it's easy to, to sound like you have all the answers but i think it's a continual journey of realigning your heart mm-hmm. with what the truth says because we can all have different challenges that come at us and um unless we continually hear the word and it's like you know faith comes by hearing and it isn't just a, a one-off you know, keep it's hearing, keep hearing, hearing and hearing, hearing and hearing again and encouraging yourself and hearing stories um, from the word, hearing stories now and testimonies now. Um, so um, for us, I think even starting the business was for an opportunity where we would see the Lord moving and blessing us, where mm-hmm. we could have stories um, to share with other people that, um, that you know, that we were having to step out in faith and believe these things because... I just think it's something you can't be in neutral over. Yeah. I think you you have to pursue the Lord in, in these things to really find um, 
the freedom that, that, that God wants you to walk into. You, if you're just passive about it, you're not really going to lay hold of everything that he has in store for you. And so I think it, it does at times re- require action. You know, yeah. we've talked a lot about um, Elijah and how um, I know a sermon series you were doing, you were talking about um, how God tells him to go to Cherithbrook because he says, I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. This is the prophet Elijah. Yeah. yeah. And that sense of he had to take the word, he had to believe it because the provision was there. God had already provided it, but he had to go. So if somebody's listening to this, right, is that is that one of the key revelations? Do you think to go, we're not asking, when it comes to your money, how can you let your heart be at peace? How can you trust God for tomorrow? It's because it's not you're waiting on God to provide. Mm-hmm. Actually, the word says he's already provided. Yeah. yeah. The work's done. So it's not a case of God will you, but it's a case of God, how do I access yeah, how do I position myself? Position myself to actually that receive. I can receive everything that you've done for me. And I think for us, the journey around tithing, because again, I think understanding grace, um, we probably encountered a lot of people who maybe went, well, that was part of the law. That was part of, that's just like a command. Yeah. That's not something that you have to do today. And yet... Do you ever wonder why those people are also keen to do all the other bits of the law and everything else? <laughs> or every other bit of the Bible? But again, it, anyway. I think I think what we realize is that it's fear-based you know people people respond in fear so they um again just like in in healing people don't want to get people's hopes up around finances people are afraid to let go yeah and so it's it's almost like that that trust thing you know and hope came home from school the other day and we were doing these trust games and you had to have somebody stand behind you and you had to lean back and they would catch you i think it's very much like that with finances you have to let go and you have to trust that the Lord's going to catch you. And I was just in thinking about this tonight, I remembered my first time that I trusted God in terms of my finances. And it was, I was a student. I remember back in the day, in the 90s, living on £30 a week. This was my, I was very like diligent with my finances and you had, and that was to feed myself and get around and, you know. 30 quid? £30, £30. I remember going to some meeting and thinking, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And and really being being nervous, so actually going oh, flip. If if you don't come through here, God, this could all go pear shaped, and I'm your three pot noodles down. I mean, absolutely, <laughs> you're gonna be starving. <laughs> but I remember at the meeting just having having money in my purse, and I had thirty pounds, and so I put that in, and um, you put the whole thirty pounds. I in. put the thirty pounds. You've never in. told me this story. I, know, I, know. I was thinking about it as I was doing this, and okay. I remember. Um, a day or a couple of days later, getting a check from my parents who had, I'd must have been talking to them on the phone about my shoes or something anyway. I, I can't remember what it was, but my mom had said something about, she'd written me this letter. Oh, I was thinking about you probably need a, a new pair of shoes or something. So his, we've just put a check in and his 30 pound. And for me, it was the fact that it was the exact amount that I'd given. And I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, Lord, you know, and that was, I felt God was showing me, yeah. you can let go you can trust because I am always going to take care of you. Yeah. And I know for us, we've journeyed different things in life and we've at times maybe haven't always listened to the prompting of God. There's times when I've been fearful and I've thought I should maybe bless that person or do that. And then I've talked myself out of it. And then there's other times when I've gone, that's the right thing to do. And I've felt that prompting and I have yeah. blessed people. And we've always seen God 
take care of us and, and it's not like again distortions you don't give to get back you don't yeah. go oh this is a formula here just you know sew that in and god's gonna you know it's not like a slot machine yeah but it's that fact that the god wants you to to move in faith and to just trust him because he's trying to lift that burden off you yeah and for us i think it was that revelation of the with tithing it's like whenever you give that 10 percent, god sees that as the whole he sees it's almost like you're giving him everything back and and for me it was that that record the revelation that none of it's yours anyway it's stewardship he actually owns 100 percent. everything every resource that you have comes from him yeah. it belongs to him you're just a steward of it mm. so it's all his and in giving back the 10 percent, you're actually acknowledging that god this is yours i'm going to give this to you and it's he sees on, that on, as the whole yeah he does that's the scriptural bit isn't it where he goes 10 percent represents everything i think um, it, it's interesting because even though we are a grace church, we believe in the tithe and we believe in offerings. And there are people who go, oh, no, that was the law. Actually, it predates the law and um, goes before the law. And what's interesting for me is if you kind of go, well, I'm free from the law, well, then like tithing and the offerings that were laid out, you know, it was way more than it was into the 30 percent. You know, so if you're totally free under grace, then you should be way more generous than what the law demands. Because grace always goes further than the law. Mm -hmm. But I actually don't see many people saying, oh, I'm free from that because I'm way more... I don't want to be bound by that law because I'm so much more generous. so much more generous. They kind of go, no, I'm not bound by that. And actually, to me, I think that's what Jesus was saying. It's like, this is an indicator of your heart. Mm You've got to look at this because this is showing you exactly where your trust is. It's like, if you want to know what's important to somebody, look where they spend their money. That's the old thing, isn't it? Like, what's important... Have a look at somebody's bank account. I think what's interesting here is the the blessing and the provision in that story was because this is what we sometimes do, don't we? Don't we sometimes go, Lord, I'm here and I need you to meet me here. And the Lord's good to do that, but he also wants to grow us. Yeah. Like Paul talked to the church in, in the New Testament about growing up, about Absolutely. becoming more mature so that God can trust us with more. Yeah. And so it's like God often says, your blessing the next bit of your blessing is over there. Mm-hmm. It's like it might not. It's not necessarily a physical place, but it, it's a place where we move in trust, mm-hmm. where we move in faith, where we can't. You know, he couldn't physically set his eyes on it, but he just had the promise that provision was there. And, and what's interesting for me is God didn't respond to Elijah because he went. Like, no way people have this idea of God only responds to me when I give. No, yeah. God already gave. Yeah. He's not responding to your giving. He's trying to move you into a place where you can receive what he's already provided because he had already commanded the blessing. Yeah. He didn't say, if done. you go there, yeah. then I might think about blessing. He said, no, no, I've blessed you there. Go. Mm-hmm. So the blessing was there whether he went or not. Yeah. Does that? And, and I think that's that's a big one because, you know, God doesn't respond to you when you give. He doesn't respond to me when I give. He, he doesn't wait for me to give. He, he he takes the initiative in the front foot and he's already made provision for us to prosper. We've just got to position ourselves for it and and not allow that, you know, that fear to keep us locked in this place of, actually, I hear you, Lord, but I'll, I'll do it myself. So I, I think what we were talking about there was like, it takes, it takes faith, not to move God. You don't mm-hmm. have faith to move God, but to receive what he's already provided. Yeah. And so... I suppose if you're listening, I'd probably say take steps of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to the Lord and take steps of faith. And you you can, you know, you can trust God that he's already provided blessing, already provided ex- 
not exactly what you, I think it provides more than what you need yeah. so that you can flow in it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for me, one of my favorite verses was like, seek first the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added onto yeah. you. And it's that sense of actually, if we can trust the Lord that he's taking care of us, then that frees us to then, you know, take care of it to, to do the works of the kingdom. Yeah. Whereas if we're just thinking, I've just got to, you know, look after myself, look after number one, our world suddenly get very small. Yeah. Our thinking gets very narrow and we're just focused on ourselves. Yeah. And then to be honest, we're never happy. But if we're released to do the, the good works that God's created for us to do, um, we can be a channel of blessing. We can, and actually we receive so much more when we give, you know, it was interesting recently, our son Ben has suddenly realize that actually it's more fun giving a present than receiving one and how, how much do we love the air fryer I know, that's right. he bought us an air fryer one of them <laughs> we've been getting some cracker presents from ben and he gets so excited double drawer air fryer like, even it's unbelievable this christmas like how excited was he at christmas because he got he got us yes he got us a present he's like I, I've totally got this thing. Like Christmas is totally different. I, I, and it was really hard for us because he he just didn't want anything for Christmas. We kept saying, yeah. Ben, what would you like? I don't really need anything. I don't really want anything because now Ben things that he likes taste. has very expensive taste. So he was kind of going on probably. Well, it's not also for that. his business to be yes. fair. I mean, so, he started his business, but so. he was so excited to get us things, and yeah. then. Um, you know, again for our birthdays, yeah, he like he could not wait. This thing was coming in the post, and I got what did I get? A potato peeler, an egg and a boiler, kettle. a kettle, and an air fryer. Basically, everything in the kitchen that that he felt we were lacking at that point. But it was something in his heart had had flipped, and I thought, oh my goodness, he he's now experiencing yeah. what we experience when we give. It's that joy, it's that yeah. excitement, and you think that's because we're created in God's image. That's yeah. the heart of the Father. The Father loves to give. Think of us as parents. We love to give to our kids. Yeah. We love to make sure they have everything that they need and more than that. Yeah. We want to add to them because that's who God's made us to be. Yeah. So this whole area of provision, that's what the Lord wants us to enjoy, that freedom. He just delights, like you said, in the prosperity of his people. And he just loves to see us enjoying the life that he's created us for. And part of that is receiving from him. And part of that is then being able to bless other people and just sharing that joy. So yeah. again, I always come back to the fact of as a parent, we can learn so much from the love that we have for our own kids. God's, God created it that way. So we get a glimpse of how he feels towards us. Brilliant. I think just in finishing, um, I love second Corinthians nine verse eight. Um, it's, uh, it's like for all those people who get really, again, really churlish about money and stuff like that. It just says this, God will generously provide all that you need. Like he's not a God that holds back. And I, I, I think like when you go to the creator of the world and the one who made it all and owns it all anyway, and he goes, I will be generous towards you and I'll provide all, not some, all that you need. Then it says, you will always have everything you need. Because what's the fear in people? I'm not going to have what I need. Mm-hmm. Right? And we can get into the whole needs and wants thing. We're not going to do that now. But, but the thing is, it says here, you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to, for what? To share with others. And I think that's the heart of this. I think that when it comes to the Lord, just in finishing, he, that you, we've got to trust him. And that the issue here is faith. It says in Romans 5, 2, that we access by faith into grace. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like that place called there. You've got to take steps of faith. Because you access into grace by doing that. And I think that 
you know, if I could just encourage you as we finish here, like take take some bold steps of faith because God's already going to generously provide what you need. Mm-hmm. I think the world would love that message today. Imagine people hearing that who've like come to the Lord. He's your source. Yeah. He's your provider. He has already generously provided. You will have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Like, Amen. that's good news, isn't it? Absolutely. I don't think we should be embarrassed about that. I think that's what Paul says in Romans 1. You know, I'm not ashamed of this good news, of this gospel. Why? It's a part of God. You know, it's, it's the part of God. And, and so we shouldn't be ashamed of it. So, so there you go. Good job, Pet. Um, I hope you've enjoyed that, folks, listening in. And uh, if you want any more information or want any more help, we're, we have some great teaching on our website, don't we? Um, I'm sure we do. Better be there on Monday. If not, we'll, we'll have to get it uploaded. But just be encouraged as you've listened to this today to go, like, the, lo- the Lord has already provided for you. Don't buy into the narrative of fear mm-hmm. and lack mm-hmm. and listen to people who will have you believe you're going to be eating, you know, beans out of a cardboard box on a roadside somewhere because that's the way the world is. God's bigger than that. He's your provider. He's already provided everything you need. So be blessed and we will see you next week.